You're listening to Arrowhead Radio. He doesn't love us because we're good. He loves us because he's good. You can't steer a boat that's not moving. We, need, we as Christians, we need to start opening our mouths. And it says that he who believes on the Son has life, and he that does not believe um, does not have life, and the wrath of God abides on him. Uh, to me, one of the greatest things God did to me was give me peace, give me a hope, give me a promise. And I thought, I have eternal life. I'm, I'm about for heaven, and it's, it's forever. I'm Mark Dana. And I'm Venus Cote. And this is Hope to the Nations. Bill Jackson is, uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong, a pastor and a missionary. Yeah, still that, yeah. I had That's Frank right. take my place as pastor. I don't consider myself pastor in that sense, at least directly responsible to the congregation. Well, I am to a certain extent. Exactly, and that's in um, Whitefish. Yeah, Whitefish. Uh, Whitefish Lake. Yeah, and uh, yeah. the church we usually go to, Kikino, Kikino Bible Church. Okay, great. And yeah. how long has that church been up and running? Oh, it's been up and down the first few years, but it's a long time. Uh, different, different men on there, different people on there. Uh, all of 40 years anyway. Wow, that's something. Could be more. Yeah. yeah, but there's been time when there was nobody looking after it. At least during some of the time now when I was away in different places. I've been gone from the yeah. reserve over 20 years. So I wasn't directly responsible, but there have been different ones that have looked after it. But then when they're gone, they didn't train anybody to carry so it's a little difficult okay is that your home community good fish well whitefish lake is that's where okay. i was born um yeah. but i say uh, it must be over 20 years maybe 25 years i've been gone from over there including that time when i was in bible bible school i spent yeah. four years in bible school that was in uh, around Calgary area where you went to Bible school? That's right, yeah. Uh, it used to be Berean Bible College. They moved it to Foothills, uh, I forget, Christian College or something. They changed the name and all that. It went okay. on for a while and then finally uh, things weren't going good. It shut down. Yeah, it's too bad. Hate to um, hear of Bible school shut down. I know other ones, you know, yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. There's, there's uh, been a number a, of them. Not a good thing. Yeah. Prove, prove no. we're in a battle. Yeah. So you grew up in the Whitefish Lake Reserve area? We'll explain that just a little bit when some people refer to it as Good Fish Lake. There is actually two, one to the north. The reserve is quite narrow and long, about 12 miles long maybe yeah. a mile and a half wide in places so it hits two lakes one at the south end and one at the north 
The one at the wow. north is Whitefish Lake. It's, it's bigger than Goodfish Lake. Goodfish Lake is, is uh, south, not quite, yeah, almost south end. And uh, it's the two lakes hit the reserve. The post office is Goodfish Lake. We don't have okay. that Whitefish, yeah. So that's why my address is uh, Goodfish Lake. Box 114, wow. by the way, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> We, wow, uh, that's interesting. That's <laughs> you grew up back in the, the 30s, right? When there was a yeah, I was early... born 30, 33. The time when the, everything was hard, I made it harder. Came along, uh, yeah. I uh, it was they call it uh, what was it now when economy depression? depression that's right. Uh, now I didn't see any of that. I'm uh, I'm like a a baby, a child, had no worries. <laughs> and uh, anyway, uh, I grew up there, but by the time I was seven years old and I went to school, residential school. Okay. Uh, 100, 100 miles away, near Edmond. So that was, uh, was that hard being away from your family? Quite difficult, especially the first year. After that, yeah. we didn't, we seemed to get used to it hardened to it or whatever we go in september and we're lonesome for a day and after that back to the books Just, and uh, okay <laughs> we didn't go yes. home even for christmas or easter or any other time we go there september come out the end of june toward the end wow. of june hey no that's something yeah yeah it, it was that a good experience for you there or uh, well, was it a difficult reading about the others and hearing about the other schools I'm glad I went to this it was a Methodist school to begin with when United Church uh, uh, became a United Church Methodist went into that so it was uh, a school there were, there were not very many Christians as I found out later there were people, uh, some pretty good, not abusive, not like the others, you know, abusing kids and all that. Uh, wasn't mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. And uh, we got along. Oh, we did a lot of fighting amongst the boys. But uh, if that wasn't so, I'd look back and say, hey, there's something wrong here. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so is that where you heard the gospel? No, sad to say, no. I did hear the Bible being read to us every Sunday. We had a, a chapel, church, yeah. that we yeah. all went to. I remember hearing John chapter 3 being read and uh, thinking about it, you know. There was no uh, anything else. We weren't taught how to become Christians. I think they took us as being Christian already. That's oh. the way, that's the belief anyway. There was no, let's say, heard, I'll say, you must be born again. That made it kind of strange, you know, the way we heard it. Some of us were talking about it and we didn't have anybody to explain what it was all about. And there was never any time any one person would approach us, would you like to accept Christ? Would you like to be saved? 
Would you like to know your sins forgiven? Anything like that? No, nothing. And there was a golden opportunity for those, for the staff there to do that. They, they could have, I don't know, maybe it wasn't quite in them also to share with, with whatever they had and they didn't have much. No. And the Methodists really played a huge part in evangelism of uh, First Nations, right? Yes, yes. I, uh, I read a, a book just recently, another book mm -hmm. on Methodists in the early years. The people went through a lot to get to here, northern Canada. Uh, I'm amazed at what they went through. In the wintertime, you know, going by dog teams to different communities to preach. I don't mm. think anybody does that now. That is dog team. They get, take skidoo. <laughs> and, uh, but they did go, you know, to share the gospel and people turn to the Lord. I, I've heard different numbers, but they were in the thousands among the Cree that turned to the Lord. At one time, the reserve that I live in, Whitefish Lake Reserve number 128. By the way, it's 128 to make the difference. There's another one, reserve, Whitefish Lake, further than about 300 miles north. But uh, it's, uh, they got mixed up a few times. Yeah, this one, ours is, you put number 128, you get the right place. Yeah, okay. I, I laughed at them there one time a while back. The other Whitefish Lake had a, Cree word, a tick a make. That yes. was what it's called. But then we get a little bit educated, you know, a tick a make. That's whitefish. Okay, whitefish. On the map, it's whitefish lake now, too. So they changed it to whitefish, but they didn't put any numbers besides. So whitefish Alberta, whitefish Alberta, what, what's the difference? So one day, one day at the band office, there's a trucker came in. Uh, with, a, with a load of, well, in this case, it was a big motor, big diesel motor, I don't know, light plant or a truck or whatever it was. They had ordered it, and they delivered to our Whitefish Lake, but not at that time, 128. So the, the guy, trucker, came in, and he says, well, I got, I got the motor here. Where do you want it? And they looked at each other and said, who ordered the motor? <laughs> so after, after all, the uh, trucker is listening, and they said, no, couldn't be ours, must be a Tikamik. So they did find out, yeah, and the trucker, he's 300 miles out. He thought he got there, you know, so he had to go from there to a Tikamik. After that, it's usually yeah. stamped with number 128. In my books, too, we have that from the mission Northern Canada Evangelical Mission. The books are that I was from Whitefish Lake 128. So you know now where I'm at. <laughs> I'm actually at Frank's place in Lac La Biche right now, but let's say we're at Whitefish Lake 128. Um, we talked about the Methodist. Um, have you heard of uh, Henry Bird Steinhauer? Was that in, in the book at all? Or? Yes. I heard about, about him. I have some books, a book about him written by his grandson who just passed on just recently, uh, about three weeks, a month ago. 
his oh. great grandson who wrote a book about him, about Henry Bert Steiner. Sawanogesik is called. He was a wonderful Christian missionary who had a burden to talk to people about Jesus Christ. And through his ministry, many people in Whitefish Lake came to know the Lord, including my grandmother. My grandmother has a story in part of our books also. Yeah. So how did you hear? How did I hear? I did not hear the gospel while I was at the school. Let me put it that way. Not there anyway. But after I got out of school, I got into some trouble and I uh, was out of, I wasn't allowed to go back to school at age 15. And during that time, my brother and I would go out working different places. I heard on the radio, the gospel broadcast, and it was kind of interesting. I didn't understand much about it, but I started listening to broadcasts wherever I could. They usually came on Sunday, not during the week. At least I didn't know about them. But on Sundays, I listened to uh, gospel broadcasts by radio. Going, I'm sorry, I'm going back to Henry Bird Steinhauer. He was an Ojibwe from in Ontario, right? Who came somewhere, and married a Cree lady? That's right. Somewhere in Ontario. But he, when he became a missionary, uh, uh, he did study Cree, translate into Cree, English to Cree. Uh, yeah. He was he was a, a student. He uh, he went to seminary somewhere. He stuck to the word, though. Some some lose the word in seminaries. <laughs> seminaries <laughs> become cemeteries. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> anyway, um, Henry Bert Steiner, but kind of interesting. It's about yeah. maybe just down the hill from us. About I'll say using a. Uh, not meters, but the yards. I'd say about 300 yards where my house stands. To the south of that is where Henry Bert Steiner built his house, and that's where he lived during the time he was missionary in, in Whitefish Lake. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I, I find that, that story really fascinating, and, and you don't really hear it, you know, like, but this man, he knew... Greek and Hebrew, yeah. Cree, Jibwe. Right. Wow. I, and, yeah. and he evangelized and planted churches all over all yeah. over the north. You know, he traveled quite a ways too, yeah. Like when he came to our reserve from Norway House uh, mm -hmm. by, I understand, canoe. Later on, there was dog teams that a few of them traveled from there, didn't stay, but came there, helped him for a time, and yeah. uh, they, they'd go back to uh, Norway House. Norway House was quite a center for evangelism, and uh, they didn't have a Bible school as such that I know, but they were being taught, uh, teaching the Word, and translating in Norway House, translating it into Cree, from English wow. to Cree, yeah. Uh, that's very interesting. I. I read about that. Bert Henry Steiner was involved in that with James Evans and others. Yeah. Real part of history that's really, really important part of history. Very much so. He came with a fellow by the name of 
Benjamin Sinclair. And he, he and Benjamin were there as missionaries. Now, I'm not sure of this now. I read it not too long ago, but my forgetter says time to forget. He died in, uh, I believe it was December. Ground was frozen. Anyway, sometime, something like three weeks to a month later, Benjamin Sinclair also died. And they, were, they didn't have back holes in those days. They didn't even have good shovels. So they dug a, a grave and put both of them in that grave. Oh, my. Kind of interesting. Really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the rapture both come out of the same grave. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> in different places. Um, there's quite a number of people all together that, that uh, have come to know the Lord there. And Ray Sparkling Eyes, that's uh, also great, great grandson of Henry Bird Steiner. Yeah. And oh. is, is he related to you too? Sorry to say, no. <laughs> yeah, I was just say, saying about Ray. He's getting up in years also, and yeah. uh, he's not too well, but he has been carrying on. But for the winter, they haven't had because of COVID and weather and and pastor uh, he uh, he finds hard hard to walk his legs mm. are knees and so on are uh not good but he loves the lord yeah yeah he's uh, his faithful faithful pastor uh -huh. um so you've had a long career as well and uh in uh, reaching out to people teaching i th what i remember about you most i guess from my perspective is your love for uh god's word yes how is I, that, I, how is that I, growing I, even today yeah it's still there i couldn't forsake the word of god in the least bit in fact at at my age i uh i don't remember as much i had devotions this morning and I, I could tell where where I got it from. I used the daily bread uh, literature, and uh, yeah, it still means a lot to me. And by way of news, as of last night—that's yesterday evening—Shirley <laughs> and I have completed another book. This is Great. stories. All across northern Canada. I think I mentioned to you before now we're in a process, let's say, of completion as far as 40, 41 story, 42 stories. Uh, we got that. Now we'll be taking it to the mission next week or the week after in the form of a stick and also a manuscript. But we have to, every time uh, it happens, when you read through something, you find something there that needs correcting. So we're in our final correction of, uh, of the book. Yeah. Mm. It'll be about 20,000 20, words, I think, something like that. These are stories that you experienced in ministry across Canada? Yes. Not, not just us, but different ones. Trappers, fishermen, hunters, and different stories that uh, 
that were very meaningful to us and worthy to be repeated, I'll say. A lot of these that told us the story were Christian men, Christian women. And uh, we told them now, we're not making money on this. We're, we're giving the story to, to be used by gospel, gospel uh, uh, people who take the gospel to different places. They can share it with uh, others. How perhaps how you came to know the Lord or how the Lord has been to you all these years. So we got maybe over half of those are from different. Uh, I think we only got maybe 10 or so of our experience with the people somewhere. What's the name of the book? Gospel Stories. Now, I'm not getting the right title here. We're going to be changing it with the people at Northern Canada Mission. Uh, It'd be gospel stories, good okay. news, gospel stories of the north. Something okay. like that. Is we, we, there's some titles also of the stories themselves we may change yet. One or two, three. And it's a work in progress. Yeah, that's right. So if you were to share with uh, people listening today what the gospel means to you, what, how would you express that? Yeah, I... Uh, Came to know the Lord when I was 17 years old, 1951 to be exact. And I think I try to get the number of years. I think it comes to about 68 years ago since I accepted the Lord. When I was out of residential school, my brother and I used to go here and there getting jobs. There wasn't any jobs on the reserve. So we go different places, work for farmers mainly. Then we got to logging and different things like that. About that time, I started hearing the gospel by radio. And I was over in another community, that is Kikino. There was, there was students there, young people, two guys that were there sharing the gospel, something like NMTC used to be with Northern Canada. Summer Ministry. NMTC, Northern Missionary Training Camp. I think you were yeah. in that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Venus too. Right. Yeah. That, Definitely. That kind of a thing, just young people, they came from a Bible school, in this case, Prairie Bible Institute, and they came yeah. to Kikino. And my brother in law had uh, not too far, well, quite a ways from there to the south. Uh, they lived there my sister and brother-in-law and uh, it was in in the fall he was still making hay and he would like to finish so he asked me if i could come over and help him yeah i i went over there uh, helped him with haying and one day as we were almost finished stacking hay he kind of looked down like this because this guy is coming is just not too far away he didn't want him to hear what he is saying. Then he said, uh, okay. Preacher's coming, preacher's coming, you know. <laughs> preacher's coming, but he had his head down, and this guy, oh, not too far from there, he said, Hi. <laughs> so he stuck around, he, he took my place, took my fork, and they start pitching hay too. And uh, well, this different kind of a guy. We were pretty well done then. We were invited for supper at my brother-in-law's place. And mm -hmm. it got dark, quite dark that night. And 
had about a mile, mile and a half to walk where I was staying. This guy says, uh, can I walk home with you? It's on, a, on his way back to where he was staying. I said, sure. So we were walking along and he started to talk to me about what I, I didn't know at the beginning, uh, it was just religion, church and stuff. That's what I thought. But I know now what he was talking about. That time, no. Um, yes. He talked about, uh, I don't know what words he'd use. I faintly remember that far back, especially now. My, mm -hmm. I forget a lot, uh, quite a lot. And anyway, but I do remember this, that he asked me if I knew for sure where I'd be going when I die. Okay. Well, I didn't really uh, thought of it to the degree that would bother me, but uh, there was times like my mom used to teach us what she knew from the Bible. She couldn't read, and okay. my dad okay. can hardly read, but my mom, she remembered a lot of stories that she got when she was younger, young, before mm -hmm. well, when she was growing up. And so right. she taught us about three-in-one God, Trinity, mm -hmm. taught us about heaven and hell, taught us about sin, and yep. Jesus Christ dying for us, but didn't come to the last place, we'll say, we have to accept him into our lives to receive forgiveness. There was quite a big number in our family. We had 10. That is, I had a brother and eight sisters. Oh. So now there's only three of us alive, two sisters and myself. That's up to date. Oh. And mm. uh, we're up there in the 80s. And uh, wow. anyway, this fella told me about the gospel. Even though I did hear about this, Jesus dying, Jesus rising from the dead, Jesus able to forgive sin. That's, that's what the difference was between what I heard before and hearing this part about it's a very, very personal thing and must be done. That is, we have to believe that Jesus is God. He died and rose again. And we have to accept him into our lives to receive him, as John 1.12 says. As many as received him, to, to them gave he power to become the sons or children of God. Then uh, yeah. this guy, we, he prayed for me. I, I prayed. You asked me on to pray. I said, yes, I could. And I said, the only prayer I know is the Lord's Prayer. Well, he says, you can pray that too. But you can pray for the Lord to forgive you your sins and to come into your life. Now, this mm. is out in the dark in the middle of nowhere on the road going home. And uh, we talked. He talked to me. Well, I said, I don't quite understand it, though. I said, I, I can pray. And that, that's it. Well, they said, mm. I want you to understand that it's. Now, I don't exactly know 
the words that he used, but it's similar to this, that I must ask, I'm to talk to Jesus, to invite him into my life for the forgiveness of sin. That's, the, that's how I understand. So right. I, I prayed, and uh, I guess he, well, he gave me some literature. That's the only time I saw him a long time. I, I was in a, still quite very much in the dark about this. Yeah, I asked the Lord to forgive me. I asked the Lord to come into my life. There's just nothing, nobody to teach, no church to go to. Well, a church to go to, but they didn't teach that. They didn't teach okay. the Bible. They read the Bible, but talk about it, interpret it different way. Yeah. So anyway, a time came when I was really in uh, turmoil, I'll say. I didn't know where I was going when I died. I, yeah, I prayed over there, but I'm not sure if that did it. I mean, this is the way I was thinking and that's what I believe. And then I had listened to some broadcast. I understood one thing, and that is I must talk to the Lord about it. I knew that much. Mm -hmm. What the words were didn't mean too much at the time, but talk to the Lord about it like you would talk to me or talk to somebody else. And yes. so I was, I was alone, and I, again, and there's even another time I prayed because the Bible, I wasn't taught much or anything during that time. No fellowship with believers. So I prayed. This time I prayed, let's say, not written or not read. It's something that I wanted from God, from my heart, from my soul. I asked yes. the Lord to forgive me because I was that time concerned about my sin and i was mm. lost i was uh i had no assurance at the time that i belonged mm. to god now there were other times later that i felt that way until i got teaching from the word of god that is not feelings it's faith in god's word then i got right. assurance of salvation i don't want to leave this out i know started to study that part of God's word about assurance of salvation. And we used to have a premier in Alberta by the name of Ernest C. Manning. Mm. He, he taught the Bible on weekends and was uh, in uh, uh, government the uh, rest of the time. He, uh, he taught the word of God. A lot of people, unsaved people would stay alone. Yeah, he's just as much a crook as anybody else. But this guy taught the word. If other crooks can teach like he does, maybe I'll begin to believe. But uh, I didn't believe that. There was a younger guy, yeah. He was in that. Preston Manning, I think. Government. Huh? Also, he was, Preston Manning was also in Preston government. Preston Manning, yeah. That's his dad I'm talking about, yeah. Uh, they had a Bible course correspondence course that I was interested in and, uh, and uh, I took that course and that really enlightened me in studying actually by myself the Word of God studying by myself and I'd mm -hmm. send the uh, answers in and they give me uh, some more 
and plus the books that I had. Then uh, he was still teaching at a place called Prophetic Bible Institute. Even in classes they used to have before it closed down. Mm -hmm. Applied for that. And the first year I took evening classes in Calgary. That helped me a lot too. Then from there I got to know a Berean Bible College. Mm -hmm. I just went there for a conference and I'm glad I did. <laughs> I met Shirley there. Uh, I actually met her, they see uh, one year ahead of me, so we weren't in the same classes. But I, I got to know her a little bit until uh, the last year of Bible school. And uh, we got to know each other quite well. We'll make a long story short. Maybe you want to hear more, but long story short is we got married. I, gradu we gra I graduated a year later. That is from the time she graduated, a year later. And uh, then we got married that same fall. And I traveled with NCM missionaries that summer uh, be before marriage. And uh, uh, the rest is, is history. We've uh, been serving the Lord together, I think, 63 years. 57, September 7th, 57. I don't know what it boils down to. I think 63 years. You've got 65th wedding anniversary coming up. Right, six to four, I think, coming up. Sixty-four next, yeah. I think the greatest story. In fact, in our book, forty-one, forty-two stories, we also have the greatest story ever told. I don't just want to talk stories. That's good. This is good. I think you'll find some of them quite interesting. But the story, the the most not. I say just just interesting the the uh, greatest in in uh, telling about it uh, I couldn't forget the first time I really started to hear my sins can be forgiven that was great nothing can yes. compare to that and uh, I'm thinking of that uh, as I, as we're writing it and giving an invitation at the end that yeah this is the greatest thing that has ever happened in my life. And the wonderful truth is it can happen to anyone, Mark, that's listening to us today. It yes. can be yes. forgiven. It can have new life in the Lord. And I thank the Lord for that. And uh, um, actually, looking back, it's not just serving the Lord, but that's important. And I believe I'm, I'm preaching these days is don't just get saved. Don't just know the Lord. Hey, tell about it. Tell how you got saved. Tell how he forgave you and the meaning of it today. Today, I sit here uh, before, before you to say, I'll never be sorry that mm. I took Jesus as my Savior. I'll never be sorry. Okay, there's another part that I'll share with you is that I had a heart attack over 30 years ago and it, it left me kind of high and dry in that I was teaching here at Kiwaiton at the time and I had to quit teaching but I was sick all that uh, fall uh, I had a heart attack in the bush way up north uh, Bible camp I had to be brought out to the hospital in High Prairie anyway mm. make a long story short 
I've been studying also about healing. I, I don't always talk about this because that is not the most important part in a person. Some people have be, salvation and healing as sort of together. Together. Mm, yeah. Healing is just as big a thing as salvation. It's not. It's not. Mm. You, can be yes. sa- you can be healed and maybe you didn't accept the Lord. You don't go to be with the Lord. There was occasions like that in the Bible. Yeah, there must have been because there are a lot of people that came to be healed. I made, it, made sure that, look, I'm going to still preach the gospel. I will mention at times, yes, I was healed. According to mm-hmm. James 3, I asked for the leaders, elders of the Bible school here. And okay, yeah. they, they, they set a time. It wasn't that day that I came. We just set a time. Okay, a Monday. I'll be coming Monday. We'll say maybe getting a little better. I have an enlarged heart. And mm. I had gone to the doctor, a uh, specialist in Edmonton, and he said, uh, we're going to give you pills. It'll help you. But your heart will never, ever go back to normal. You'll always have that. He said, you got high blood pressure. And if that's not taken care of in the way it should be, uh, you'll still have heart problems. Mm. That was that was not a bright future to look at. Anyway, I uh, was studying about calling for the leaders, elders of the church. So I came mm. here, asked the leaders here, would you pray for me according to James 5? And they said, yes, we could. But not today. You come certain time. We set a time. And I came and they prayed for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, there wasn't, uh, I wasn't floating on air. I wasn't near heaven somewhere. I was still here with a heart that was pumping, but uh, was hard. And I wasn't well at all. Mm. And I didn't get up, hey, I'm okay. No. I could say, though, that from that point on, it started to improve. Mm. It started to get better to the place where the aching almost stopped. But I could say a good two months, I was, I would say, healed over 30 years ago. So it's something that has worked. So I, whatever books we read or or wrote, uh, I include, hey, that's not the most important thing. It is important. God answers prayer. And he does. But salvation, hey, that's the most important thing. If God just came to heal us, and left us like we were before. I mean, there was times I got sick, got better. Yeah. That wasn't salvation. But I thank the Lord that he undertook in that way. And I believe there should be one thing that's included in that is there's, there's a confession of sin. If there's anything in your life, they told me that here too. Anything in your life that could hinder our prayer. God will not mm. be able to answer your prayer. I read, I studied that before. And I said, no, I've gotten everything right with God. There's nothing in my way. And, uh, and 
I'm asking the Lord for healing, but if it's he if he finds it uh to be something maybe not to heal me that maybe he will take me home sooner or something that's up to him i'm ready both for heaven and for healing here on earth whichever he'll give me i didn't demand that he should but i we asked him and he's and, very uh, gracious to do that eh? it's it's interesting mark the two places in scripture that god has a way of keeping a church clean one mm. is in communion yep. don't know about the part that says you know uh, that uh we're to make things right with god if there's anything in the way or to make it right mm. then let him receive yes. that eat of that bread drink of that cup there it has purity you know god wants his church pure and then in yeah. healing, also, there, if he has sinned, he'll be forgiven. And I believe it includes that confession in healing in James 3. I wrote a book on it, booklet, and uh, okay. it's available through the mission, Northern Canada. And you, uh, you experienced it, definitely yes. experienced it. Yes, but another story I want to maybe share with you, we put it in the book. I traveled, I wouldn't tell you all of it, you can read it, <laughs> but <laughs> one of the Northern Canada missionaries I was traveling with in Lac La Ronge, we were going by the lake, we went on a portage to save miles, about 25 miles, to go to Stanley Mission. He'd never been there before, and he wanted to visit the people there. He said, will you go with me? I said, sure. So it was a canoe, outboard motor, and we took off. Make a long story short, we had motor trouble, and so we had we got lost, and then motor trouble, we had to paddle. And we saw across this lake, before we reached the uh, portage, there's a big lake. Well, it's part of Lake Laurent. And over on the other end, we can see tents or white houses. So missionary says, you know, I think that's, that is uh, Sucker River. Oh, okay. Anyway, we paddled and paddled. We got there. 25 years later, I was asked, well, I've been there between times also, but then 25 years later, I was asked to come and teach for a few days, a week or something. And one lady asked us if we could stay at her house, my wife and I. And I said, sure, it's okay with us. It's okay with anybody else. Yeah. Anyway, so she told us a story as we were at the table. And I said, you know what? Remember one time you came paddling a canoe with a missionary to our place? Yeah, I said, yeah, I remember that. I said, it was over there, and we were living in a tent at the time, he says. And you were going around, giving literature and talking to people from the Bible, and you came to our tent, but I was behind the tent washing clothes. And my husband was inside, and he was drunk. And he was arguing with you. Do you remember that? I said, no, I don't quite remember that. But uh, I mean, there's a lot of times that has happened. 
but this one I didn't remember. Well, he says, he was arguing with you while you were trying to make the gospel clear to him. I stopped washing clothes. I sat there and listened. It was interesting because you talked in Cree and I kind of got what you're getting at. I never mm -hmm. forget that. He said, well, sometime later though, my husband died, well, not too long, sometime later, my husband died. And that time somebody else came, I don't think it was at the funeral, but sometime later, talked to her about the Lord and she accepted the Lord uh, at that time. I We figured about, 12 years later, she knew the Lord. Wow. The seed was planted. Don't forget. Maybe somebody you talked to 12 years ago could be in line to, you know, come to the yeah. Lord. Yeah, she had chances at different times, but he said, I didn't come. But there came a time when I really wanted to. I needed to. And he said, yeah. I got saved. I thought that was good. If you, go, if you want to read it, it'll be called After Many Days. Okay. Ecclesiastes, so beside all waters. After You will reap after many days, something like that. Anyway, <laughs> I thought I'd just share that with you. Yes. I'm going to let Venus have the last shot here at asking a question. Oh, hey, Venus. <laughs> I, I was doing pretty good listening. I, I enjoy your... your uh, just took me back to Bible school when you used to teach. Yes, yeah. And I enjoyed immensely. I remember you guys, not everybody, but I do remember a lot of you people that I was teaching at the time. Yeah. If someone was listening and was struggling with their faith, what would you say to encourage them? Yeah. Uh, since I've been in that predicament myself, I know what it's like, but I, I, I think that, sorry to say that among, I'm a TV preacher also, but there are a lot of TV preachers that have something in their teaching that not right. But I, I would urge, there are enough Bible teachers in, even on TV, you could go to, or else go to a, a good Bible teaching church, or go to a pastor or a fellow that you know as a Christian to go and just discuss some things with him. Let him know you're going through some struggles and you probably can get help in that way. It's just there. It's in, it, it's in the word that, you know, we commit our lives to the Lord. Romans 12.1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you, not him, you present your bodies as a living sacrifice. There's that part in struggling is that we can give our lives to God. Hmm. And, you know, give our lives to God to the place of, you know, full surrender into the word of God and eventually into service. Thank you. Yeah, we thank you, Bill. We're really so glad that you could come and share with us. It's, yeah, it's great. Yeah, glad to do that. Glad to do that. I know there's so much more we could talk about. We could talk. <laughs> yes. You should come visit us east sometime. It's been a long time since you came. Long time since I came. 
And it's not all the way that I'd show up there sometime, but uh, we'll communicate when we do. This has been a broadcast of Arrowhead Radio, a ministry of Arrowhead Native Bible Center. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Look for a new episode next week, wherever you find your favorite podcasts.